Welcome to the Trinity Galewood podcast. Here you'll find live messages recorded during our weekly services at Trinity. We are a community that desires to look, live, and love more like Jesus. We're located at 1701 North Narragansett in Chicago and meet every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Trinity Galewood podcast. As we continue in our uh, Start New series, uh, we're talking about these three relationships that Jesus models for us, up, in, and out, and that he calls us away from the complexity of religion and into the simplicity of relationships. Today, we're going to focus on out. What does it look like to continue these relationships with our neighbors? Let me pray for us as we move into the message here. God, prepare our hearts to receive your word, that every time that your word is spoken, it does not return empty. It has power on our hearts. Allow us to receive your grace. Prepare the words that I speak to be your words, your truth. Amen. When I think about uh, evangelism, I've got these, like, these three pictures that come to mind immediately for me that uh, maybe you have either participated in or you have uh, been affected by yourself. Uh, the one here is the... The, the, the like uh, celebrity pastor stadium gathering that maybe you've, you've either gone to one of these or you've seen it happen before or the person with the bullhorn on the street and then there's of course the very classic mission trip I've been on one anyone else have been on a mission trip with their church yeah this is this is pretty common way that you're you're going to bring Jesus to somewhere that's not this country but some other country at least that's how I viewed it and so often when looking at this type of evangelism, when, when this is my framework of what it looks like to share Jesus, uh, especially to non-Christians and even to some Christians alike, it, it doesn't always look the healthiest version. That that celebrity pastor might come across as fake or phony or capitalistic. You know, $20 a ticket for this whole stadium, that's a lot of money into that person's pocket. That the bullhorn preacher might be seen as impersonal as people like literally walk by and ignore them. Or when going to another country, that you accidentally bring Americanism instead of Jesus. And that when we look at evangelism, that maybe uh, we are still wrestling with this question of how is it that we can bring the good news of Jesus to people? Like that, That's the ultimate underlying concept that we're getting at. But how do we do it in a way that's healthy, in a way that like, makes sense for, for me and my life, my comfortability? Because maybe you're not willing to do any one of those three things. Well, what, I'm, what I'd like to offer for us today is a new understanding and a new definition of evangelism that actually dates back to um, uh, way long ago. The Greek word that evangelism comes from is the word, is the meaning good news, specifically used in the context of a royal decree, that when a king declares something to be good news, you would use this word to describe it. And here we have used in the gospel this word many times under the King Jesus, that we have a king who delivers good news, that this might be our new definition of evangelism that's actually quite old, but that we would rely on this one instead. Now, we get to see this good news delivered in the story of Simon that Bob just read, and one of the great things about this story is that 
many of the stories of calling the disciples are very fast. And, and it seems like this. Jesus showed up and he said, follow me. And then they did. And it's like, what? That doesn't make any sense to me. That, that, why is someone leaving their entire livelihood for an absolute stranger? This story of Simon and the boats, we get a little bit more clarity onto what might be happening here. So if you're someone who likes to uh, underline in your Bible or, or highlight the text in the app, I would suggest these three verses. So in the beginning, we see Jesus entering the boat, but he's addressing the crowd. He's in Simon's boat. He's not even talking to Simon. But you've got to you've got to imagine that Simon is there cleaning his net, listening to the teaching, that he's still engaged, even though he's not the one being talked to. And then we have Jesus invite him to go fishing after a long night of catching nothing. And Simon offers a little bit of pushback, but does it anyways. And then once he realizes who Jesus is and who he's standing in front of, wrong direction, Jesus invites him to join him, to follow him. And, and Simon says yes. This, this is what's so powerful about this progression, is that it, it is Jesus paying attention to Simon and easing into his life, as opposed to a, a radical moment, which can happen. This seems to be more of Jesus' operation, is through relationship. And then... Later on in the story, Jesus invites all the disciples and more people to go and share the good news with others. And and part of the description of what he says to do in that sharing of the good news is to go and stay with the people, uh, the lost sheep of Israel. And he says, do not go to the uh, Gentiles or the other nations. This is my conjecture, so, you know, maybe don't write this down that he's telling them, go to the Israelites because that's who you're ready for. You're not ready to go to people that you don't know yet. So go to the people that are already in your path that you probably have paid attention to already. And then, uh, then when they come back, right before the feeding of the 5,000, they come back and they tell Jesus these, story, these incredible stories of conversion and healing sick people and, and the great things that are happening. They are bringing back, they gave good news, and here they are coming back with good news. Now, the good news that they go out and, and, and deliver to people is, is the gospel. And the gospel then is the gospel today. The gospel has many different facets to it that make it attractive and wanting. But so often we lean on this one facet of the gospel, that, that you have done something wrong, you've committed a, a, a sin or a crime, and you need Jesus to, to repay that sin, and so he steps in with justification. This is true, but it tends to be the only piece that we lean on. I'm guilty of this. I have done this. But what happens when you are the one who is being affected by other people, that, that you are receiving oppression because of something, your gender, your skin color, anything, but nothing you have done? Well, maybe you need to be delivered into freedom. The gospel provides 
freedom. Or if you, another aspect of the gospel, you are a person who feels alone, that you are the only one of your type, and that there just aren't people who can relate to you, and you feel distant. Well, then you have Jesus who has adopted you into his family. Adoption language is gospel language. And so then you have, get ready for it, these eight other facets of the gospel that Peter is, that Simon is bringing to people when, when Jesus sends him out, that we get to receive ourselves from Jesus and that we get to offer to other people. One of the beautiful things about this invitation to, to out relationships is the way that it was described uh, two weeks ago when we were looking at John as a water motif. Um, th- this, is, this is something that is seen throughout John where he uses water to say water is life, Jesus is life. This is, this is a common thing that I, we were talking about last time. And one of the things that Jesus says at the festival is if you come to me, you will have uh, living water come out of you. Which John is trying to invoke. Do you remember where else you have seen language like this? Oh, maybe it was in the very beginning, in Genesis, when God created Eden. Out of Eden flows waters, and it goes to these four cities. God is saying from the beginning of time to today, my life is for my creation. My waters are in you, and where you go, you are bringing life. Oh my gosh. This, this means that we get to see people with a type of imagery that cannot be ignored because you are God's child as am I. This changes the way that we interact with people. When Peter, when, I keep using Peter. Peter and Simon, it's the same name, but I'm switching it up on accident. When Simon is called to leave his nets and follow Jesus, what makes this so powerful that he says yes, he is leaving his own livelihood, the, the nets, the thing that benefits him, in order to follow Jesus and benefit others. That he is giving up his life in service for others. Maybe that's what the deliverance of good news looks like in our lives. Whenever I was working, so to me, this really hit me. When I was working at WeRace, this, this was my past uh, job before this one, uh, two months ago. And <laughs> I was working at WeRace Foundation. We give grants to other nonprofits. One of the nonprofits that we gave to would go into prisons, bring this book that they published on like how to navigate life inside and outside of prison, and then they would say, how can we pray for you? They invited us to go with them and do this at a Stateville Prison and down in Joliet. And I thought, uh, sure, I'll tag along, but I'm not going to be the one to like, say anything. And they were like, all right, everyone's on their own. Go ahead and do it. Oh, no. <laughs> I can't hide. And so we ended up going into a, a prison that looked just like this one, and we would walk up to each door, each cell, the, the people are inside, each cell, and give them, ask them, do you want this book? And uh, how can I pray for you? 
And then they would end up saying things that were like really typical conversations that you would have with people outside of prison, uh, like how their family was and what they did that day. Very typical conversation. At the end of the time, one of my coworkers was saying that she has asked, she asked more people today, how can I pray for you, than she has in her entire life. And I was like, oh, me too. I can say that that is true for me as well after today. Not that it offered guilt that I should be doing this more, but awareness. Awareness that I just wasn't doing this. That I wasn't sharing the good news with people, and I didn't even realize it. And that I was more willing to do it for strangers that I'd never met before and never will meet again than I was a willingness to do it for people in my family or that I'd naturally run into. It was, it was so enlightening for me, and I had no idea that I was doing this. So I think it leads us to, it still leaves us with this question of how is it that we can share the good news of Jesus with people? And if we're willing to follow this question, I think it's going to lead us to two other questions. That we are going to have to pay attention to who is in my path? Who, and maybe like on the, on the farthest out concentric circle is the, the jewel clerk who bags your groceries. And you recognize them, but you don't really like talk to them. You probably don't know their name. But you definitely know them because you shop with that same jewel every single week. That's someone who's in our path that we can be paying attention to. And maybe like more closer to home is the people that you hang out with with regularity. So if you want to share the good news of Jesus with people, we've got to start with this question: Who? And be alert to the people in our lives. And the second question: Once you recognize the people, what is it that I'm going to do or say? The answer is I don't know. Because the Spirit is going to work on you and is going to press in on you in a way that makes sense for you. But here are some hints that I think will guide us there. What is it that you're going to do? In the same way that Simon gives up his nets for the benefit of others, that we would, get, we would be invited to do the same thing. That you would start to see your bank account as not just for you, but for the joy and the benefit of other people that the thing that you are good at, the talent that you have, that you could see a way that that would serve somebody else. The presence that you have, your time, your agenda, your schedule, that you would allow it to be interrupted to be with other people. Just to be would mean so much and would deliver some good news. We cannot give what we do not already have within ourselves. This is like therapy 101. You cannot give to others what does not exist inside yourself. When you look at the gospel, maybe the greatest way to share it out is to receive it for yourself first. Look at these different facets of the gospel and maybe connect with what are the one, two, or three, maybe all eight that really resonate with you, that really strike a chord with who Jesus is to you, because you see that more often. 
this might be the greatest place that you can start, that when you want to share Jesus, that you believe that he is for you, that he is for us. Let me pray for us as we continue in our worship here. Jesus, thank you for this imagery of water. As water is life, you are demonstrating to us from the very beginning that you desire life for all of us. That you invite us into a relationship with you that is true, that is real. Jesus, we are so grateful for the life that you offer us and then invite us to offer to others. Give us the eyes to see other people. Give us the ability to pay attention and then give us the courage to engage. Allow us to start with the question, who is in my path? Let us pay attention to the answers that you give us.